Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, Joe Biden's dad was a car dealer. Uh, owned a car dealership. I think Joe Biden, the son, tried to pull a car dealer-like presumptive close. You ever been to a car dealer and they do that to you? So let's go get the paperwork signed up and everything. No, wait a second. I didn't say I want this or whatever. I guess they're just hoping to catch you. Well, the weak-willed are easily led. They they dare not resist, so they try to bully you. <sighs> Tell you what, anybody, when it, I've had that tried on me many times as an adult. I will not buy that if I want it, and it's a good price you try that on me. No freaking way. I find that offensive. I'm out. I am out because I don't trust anything else you're telling me either. But anyway, I think Joe Biden tried to pull the presumptive clothes on uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu today. So he was on the phone with Benjamin Netanyahu, then announced that uh, uh, Israel, he expected Israel to be de-escalating today. And so that was those were all the headlines, expectations that Israel will de-escalate today. Well, Benjamin Netanyahu has just fired back in recent moments. Uh, he is determined to continue his Gaza operation, and uh, nothing about de-escalation. So, Joe Biden was putting out there, "I'm expecting a de-escalation from Benjamin Netanyahu today." What What was the context of that statement? I I read I briefly scanned the story, but I don't recall which Biden's or uh, Biden's. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I could probably flip to it, but the reason I ask is because I mean, as an official proclamation, that sounds like he's demanding. Uh, if not a ceasefire, a reduction in in fighting, and and for Netanyahu to immediately say no, no, that's not going to happen. It's not a good look for the POTUS. I think the president was just hoping that if he got it into the press and everybody's running with it all day, Benjamin Netanyahu would feel like you know not doing that might be a bad bad idea. Wow, he told Israel's prime minister he expects quote a significant de-escalation today on the path to a ceasefire. So he he had a conversation with him. So it's like telling your kid, I'm expecting you to get better grades this semester. And your kid uh, has no interest in that. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Huh. Anywho, um, I came across this yesterday on YouTube by accident. This Talk, talk about a non-sequitur. It was a non-sequitur for my life. My, one of my YouTube suggested videos, for some reason, was an interview with an old Irish farmer. <laughs> anyway, I clicked on it. And I was astounded by how I couldn't understand a word this guy was saying. So this is an interview from 1965. So you're going back dang near 60 years to start with. And then the guy they're interviewing is 106 years old. So he was born before our Civil War. Wow. Wow. Blows your mind. Yeah. He would have been old enough to know who Abraham Lincoln was when Abraham Lincoln was alive, if he was paying attention to American politics, but he probably wasn't as a rural Irish farmer. Who was on the verge of starving to death at various points of uh, his, his lifetime, I'm sure. The only reason I bring there were some this, tough times for Ireland in the 1800s. The only reason I bring this up is, is this what Irish accent sounded like back in the day? I wouldn't have been able to understand anybody. Is this what, uh, um, at the time of Ulysses being written... Uh, this sounded like anyway. Here, here it goes. You have seen a lot of changes, Mr. Fitzpatrick, in farming. What would you say was the biggest change? Well, machinery. And what sort of a machine uh, would well, you think that made the biggest impression? Well, <coughs> well, the reaper and binder the great one, but by God, the one for crushing up the ground and throwing the crop is a powerful one too. 
Well, not were, were, a single word. <laughs> I kind of got machinery oh, after I got the machinery. other guy followed up and said machinery. I was like, okay, you, I, I could see where that came from. You know, what was funny was uh, I heard, oh, uh, got to got to be the machinery. And I thought, wow, Jack's premise is all wrong. I can understand the guy completely. And then he launched into that next screen. Oh, me, and I swear to you, I did not get a single word. Right, I'm turning up my headphones. Let's try this again. You have seen a lot of changes, Mr. Fitzpatrick, in farming. What would you say was the biggest change? Well, machinery. And what sort of a machine uh, would you think that made the biggest impression? Well, uh, well the reaper and binder the great one, but by God, the one for cutting up the ground and turning the crop is a powerful one too. He said reaper. There was reaper in there. Okay, if you I say so. A reaper and binder. So maybe that's the okay. reaper you heard? The reaper and binder? Okay, I think we have another clip, a different clip, so let's let's try that. Well, you were you were saying you at at the time you saw the mowing machine first, it it made a tremendous impression on you. It did, because it didn't want to how could it be done at all? I believe that was a statement of agreement. <laughs> and then we'll try one more. What was the the reaction of the people at that time to the mowing machine? Was a great money wasn't it? I could afford it, but the got happy. What? So a great many of them, I think, at the beginning. And then can I hear that one again? I think he said a great many of them. And I thought, oh, I'm tracking with them this time. But then he lost. starting to pick it up. <laughs> then he just went into the agriculture. What was the the reaction of the people at that time to the mowing machine? Was a great many of them wasn't minding it. I could afford it, but more than the rhythm of it. It's like it's. I don't know. It's like a, a, a game, a song. Children were singing. And that's what made me think if you, if we heard the founding fathers discussing, you know, having the, 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 the constitutional convention, we might not be able to understand a freaking word they said. It's possible. possible. Yeah, depending on the rural uh, dialects. Nobody I mean, they knows. seem to understand each other pretty well. Yeah, but nobody knows what their accent was. Uh, it might be indecipherable to us. Yeah, well, I've told the story before uh, of traveling. Be disappointing. You get in a time machine. You think, you know what I'm going to do? Constitutional convention. I want to hear him arguing about the amendments. I want to hear all this. You sit there and you and you, you hear this old guy. What was the, the reaction of the What, was the, uh, what did you mean the by the Second Amendment? Well, regulated militia. And that was Thomas Jefferson. You think, damn it. I don't understand any of that. Dr. Franklin, what have you brought us? It's like a Muppet character, that guy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Again, that's a non sequitur. It has no point other than I thought it was funny. Yeah. Man, he is crazy old, though. So he would have been just like a 40-year-old at the turn of the century. So there you go. Wow. Turn of the last century. Unbelievable. I was, uh, I flipped over to uh, a bit of Ireland in the 1800s. A lot of starving, a lot of economic woes. That's why there are so many Irish people who came over to the United States in the uh-huh. 1800s, including, uh, I think, actually, I think my forebears on my dad's side of the family showed up. Your in the dad very... owned four bears? <laughs> wow. <laughs> when three bears isn't enough. Uh, well, you buy three, you get the fourth one. Everybody knows that. But they showed up in just after 1900. <laughs> Starving Irishman. You think oh, that... yeah, he had four bears to feed. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's no food for the kids. You think that farmer was pranking the, the guy that was doing the interview? Well, the guy doing the interview seemed to understand him perfectly well. 
I don't anticipate 1,800 Irish farmers being much of the pranking type. No, I don't think so either. I had one of the weird experiences of my youth on a church mission to very rural Virginia. This would have been in the uh, 80s, I guess. 1880s? No. Uh, 1979 to 80, I think. Uh, but uh, we uh, we stopped by the side of the road to help some folks who were pulled over in their cars, and uh, they asked us if we had any blanks, and we had no idea what they were talking about. This is in the United States of America. We we're trying to hold a conversation with these people, and it had to be a curious thing for both them and us. They would say, for instance, you're having a wire plowers. You're having a wire plowers. And we'd all look at each other, they'd look at us, we'd look at them. Then we would huddle on our side and have a conversation about what they might have said. We would reply to them, and the two of them would have to get together and say, oh, I think he's uh, he's indicating that no, he does not have any. Uh, because we had such a hard time understanding each other. It was really, it was quite striking. We have that entire interview with the old uh, Irish gentleman at armstrongandgetty.com. There's always good, fun stuff at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, by the way, the uh, the folks from the rural, rural part of Virginia were asking for wire pliers or needle-nose pliers. Cryptocurrency took a bit of a hit today. Nothing major, but it was uh, making headlines. And so I threw out the question, what's your cryptocurrency story? Do you have a, I invested at this and made this? We've had some pretty good ones I could pass along to you that are that are kind of interesting, either in how little they made or how much they made off of how little. But uh, what's your crypto story? Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I couldn't know... I couldn't hardly know less about cryptocurrency. I mean, it would almost take effort to know less. I'm not sure I'm willing to put in the effort. For instance, I came across this headline yesterday that apparently was big breaking news. Just in, at NVIDIA reduces the hash rate of upcoming graphics cards so they're less desirable to miners of cryptocurrencies. Yeah, oh, hash okay. rate. Well, I didn't realize <clears throat> yeah, that surprising. that yeah. happened. Well, you see, when you're mining cryptocurrencies, the hash rate involves your energy consumption, which is okay. the output cost of your input from the... Okay. I believe you. I just don't understand it. Um, so I was asking What's to understand? Your... What's a Bitcoin worth these days, Sean, roughly? Uh, I think it's it's in the 38000 range. I think it was that... Right. $38,000. That's because it's an enormous coin. It's the, it's a coin the size of a, a, like a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, yes, that, that's the first thing to know about crypto coins is they scale based on their value in terms right. of the size. <laughs> yeah. If you want to buy like, uh, you know, a uh, thousand bucks worth, they have to shave some of it off. They put it in a bag. Would sh- would it have been better if they'd have called these shares instead of instead of coins to start with just for my mental image of everything? Or I don't know. Maybe that would have been helpful. The vision was more of a currency than like a, a stock thing you hold. So I think they were trying to right. presumptive close that we, we are naming it after the thing we want it to be. Um, so I asked for some of your stories on cryptocurrencies. $10 invested in Bitcoin three years ago. Now it's $27.50. So, Woo! Time to retire. For whatever reason, that one didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. Uh, 2.7x. That's not terrible. Um, I took my 1400 in Biden bucks, turned it into Bitcoin. Sold it when it was worth 1300 Biden bucks. Now that's what you call investing. <laughs> Buy high, sell low, my friend. Well done. Well played. But then you've got a couple of these that are really interesting. I bought 
10,000 Dogecoin when it was at .0002 a share. I sold it for $1.5 million, and I've moved out of the San Francisco Bay Area to Pahrump, Nevada, and I'm living in a trailer. Wow. Bought 10000 sold it for $1.5 million, and I imagine that's in a fairly short period of time because Dogecoin hasn't been around that long. You can buy Pahrump for that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I know they've been around a lot longer than I'd guessed. Dogecoin has been around since 2013. I didn't have, I had no idea of that. Yeah. Okay. Wow, yeah. I got pulled over uh, speeding on my Harley in Pahrump. I was headed to Vegas, and uh, the guy had just pulled me over to look at my motorcycle, it turned out. He didn't give me a ticket. He just wanted, <laughs> he just wanted to talk about motorcycles. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and... Wow. He just wanted to talk about Harleys. Huh. Really young guy, let me go. Which was nice of him, because I was driving really fast, but I'm on a highway in Pahrump at 2 in the morning. There's not another car. I didn't see another car in an hour. He was just bored. It's flat and straight. Come on. Who's going to get hurt? A human. Let me me engage. (laughs) I think that is what happened there. Now, this one is really interesting to me. I bought Shiba Inu, the ticker on that is S-H-I-B, to prove that it's true, in mid-March, and I was able to buy a little over $2.5 billion of the coins for $350. It was a complete let's see what happens bet because of the dog meme coin thing going on. What's the dog meme? What? What's the dog so, meme coin thing going so on? That's the Doge coin, right? Doge is internet speak for dog. Okay, I you, did not know that. Yeah. Um, Why on the internet do you have to call a dog a Doge? Because <laughs> it's cute and funny. All right. Um, and so the. I had no idea that Dogecoin was Dogcoin. Yeah. All right. And, and the mascot for Dogecoin is the breed Shiba Inu. And in an attempt to ride the wake of the, uh, the, the momentum trades of the Dogecoin, Shiba Inu said, let's just make a Shiba Inu coin because these are savvy people participating in the meme economy. Which, which. Capitalizing on the dog cryptocurrency craze of 20 yeah. minutes six months ago. Specifically the mascot of that dog cryptocurrency craze. I haven't heard anybody else use the term meme economy, which you started saying last year, I think. But you're absolutely right that that is a thing. Here's the proof of it. Um, that if, if there's a, there's, if there's a funny, clever meme catching on and there's a way to invest in it, you should, because it's going to be hot for a cup of coffee and you might be able to make some money off of it like this person did. So they bought $2.5 billion. No, 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 no. (laughs) 2.5 billion of the coins for 350 actual U.S. dollars. So 2.5 billion of the coins. It sold at its all-time high of point zero 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 three four four seven. Yes, that yes, that's three and a half one hundred thousandths of one cent. And even selling at that tiny fraction that you can barely wrap your head around, because he got in at such a tiny or even tinier amount, he turned his three hundred and fifty bucks into ninety thousand dollars. Wow. And that's from March. Wow! So in like a month and a half, he went from three hundred fifty bucks to ninety grand because he caught on. He realized, hey, this is a joke. People will think is funny in the meme economy and probably invest. Well, inspired by positive Sean telling us we could start our own uh, cryptocurrency if we want, I capitalized on the dog craze and started shit zoo bucks. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Let me uh, let me check real quick. The five thousand I put into shit zoo bucks now worth. 
Good Lord, 5.2 million. It's that screw easy. you, screw you, <laughs> screw you. I'm out. This dead end crap fest radio show is in my rear view. Oh, oh. Oh, it's down again. It's it's down badly. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's worth $110. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah, I got to believe that the thing with these coins is when it hits a number you like, you better get out before you even have time to tell your friends about it. The single biggest thing that I think people won't appreciate if they are just now getting into it is the 24-hour nature of this market. I never appreciated how nice it was that the stock market has off hours. Oh, right. Oh. So in the middle of the night, that's when that's when this big crypto. I woke up today and everything was down twenty percent. Well, and you could have slept through when Dogecoin or Shitsu Bucks or Beagle Dollars or whatever <laughs> were suddenly worth a thousand times what they were for like three and a half hours yeah. while you slumbered. The the twenty four hour nature of the crypto markets is my single biggest annoyance of them so far. Other than the people who constantly talk about it, I've got all my kids' college money in dingo doubloons. <laughs> That's a good investment. You got to be in dingo doubloons. Ten percent of your portfolio. But so you want to buy the dip when it's low? It might happen at three o'clock in the morning while you're sound asleep. Yeah. Now, now we're getting a little deep into it. But do the apps have a function where you could say if it hits X, buy. If it hits uh, Y, sell. Uh, I know you can set alerts. I do not know if they have the automatic payment thing up. So you can get an alarm maybe, but I would assume those things are coming, if not already there, in terms of buy at this price for that this That guy much. making 90 grand at thousands of a cent is amazing. and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Nancy Pelosi just reminded the members on the floor that they are required to wear masks. So you know they're all vaccinated. So all these vaccinated people indoors in a giant room have to wear masks because it's house rules. In defiance of that own government's science organization, science arm, the CDC. Their own people that they fund. And her own party. Yeah. Yeah, we're the ones that write the legislation that pay this science wing. And, uh, and it's our own party in power, and we're still going to wear masks inside for some reason. Good morning. I mean, that's well, just, that, what is that? Why? When you what get down that? to the lowest common denominator, the whole mask wearing thing is still a tribal signal. Apparently. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no other reason for it. And again, I don't care if other people wear masks, but don't make me wear one when I'm vaccinated. I guarantee every single human being who's employed at the Capitol in any capacity has been fully vaccinated. Oh, sure. Of course they have. Yeah. It's idiotic. It's useless. It's, it's, uh, human beings are too dumb to govern themselves. So this whole Havana syndrome, as it's come to be known, is a mysterious and troubling phenomenon. A number of American diplomats and, uh, and, and regular folks, uh, have been victimized by this. Is it a ray? Is it a microwave that, that gives them headaches and, and uh, attention problems, deafness? Uh, just all sorts of neurological challenges. And uh, Jennifer Griffin of Fox News has been studying the, the syndrome and, and talks about it. Let's go ahead and run some of that report in uh, clip number 60. 
U.S. officials say there are now 130 suspected victims, mostly CIA operatives and U.S. diplomats being treated for brain injuries, debilitating headaches and vertigo, the targets they believe of a directed energy microwave weapon. There's a mysterious direct energy weapon that is being used, and it is causing, in some cases, permanent traumatic brain injury. New indications suggest the incidents go as far back as 1996. Two individuals working on the NSC believe they were targeted in 2019 and in 2020 just after the election. One was near the White House and one was walking her dog. The Russians have been working on mobile microwave weapons for years. We have to get more information and we got to tell the public what's going on. You know, the so-called UFO story that we were talking about it from 60 Minutes, you know, there's some belief that that's actually our stuff, that we've got either real flying objects or objects we can put on radars to confuse people or whatever, and we're testing our own pilots with it. Mm -hmm. But that wouldn't be the case here. There's no way we would scramble the brains of our own people to try out a ray. So it's got to be somebody else. You know, I just read something. I don't have it at my fingertips, but it was a pretty authoritative-sounding scientific uh, article that said, look, there's no way a weapon like that would work, a microwave thing. that would, Technically, it's not feasible. And I have wondered if there's a chance that there's some sort of mass hysteria, you know, weirdness that happens. No, I'm not ready to leap there, uh, and that guy may have been wrong. I don't know if you've noticed, the Internet's full of crap that isn't true. No way. But but I would like to uh, to dig a little deeper into this to understand what's technically feasible and what's not. Although uh, the the break, I'm sorry, the definition of a breakthrough is something that used to not be feasible and now it is. So uh, go ahead, clip 61. The only victim so far to come forward, former CIA head of the Europe desk, Mark Polymeropoulos, was targeted while visiting Moscow four years ago and forced to retire. It's pretty insidious because it also doesn't leave any kind of, you know, open open scars or, or, or wounds. Mark lobbied for treatment at Walter Reed's National Center for the Intrepid. As part of his therapy, he painted this mask of a Superman cape with a broken CIA shield with an arrow through it to symbolize the moral injury he felt when at first he was not believed by the CIA. Mm. It's troubling, man. China, Russia... Whoever was able to shut down our pipeline there for a couple of days. Jonah Goldberg was talking the other day about, um, from the dispatch about how, why was all the news coverage about the price of gas and the gas shortage? The news story is somebody was able to hack into our biggest pipeline and shut it down for a couple of days. The price of gas is not the story. And that's absolutely true. Let's pay yeah. attention to the, the, the growing technology and, and threats that are out there. Somebody is scrambled in the brains of people from far away somehow somebody's hacking into our infrastructure and shutting it down and turn it off whenever they want to man we got to pay attention to this stuff if you had to guess in the next five years will we have nailed down what this is or not in the next how many years five no no way i don't i don't think we'll find out until we're uh in a, in a state of conflict with whoever has it yeah yeah i wonder it's mysterious as all get out but troubling Anyway, on a on a different front, uh, the the lefty media is running wild with this story, but I think it's worth repeating and it's significant. the uh, The Trump organization and the Donald himself are now under criminal investigation uh, uh, by the New York State Attorney General's office and also the Manhattan uh, District Attorney's office. And uh, it, it took me a minute to connect the dots on this. Long story short, 
You remember Michael Cohen testified at some point. Polls? What polls? Some of them. All of them? Okay. Michael Cohen. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> mobster, right-hand man of the president. Of he's them, not a mobster, but he's... Um, anyway, and he testified that Trump would uh, inflate the value of properties for loans and then severely deflate them uh, when it came to tax time. Something I think everybody who owns stuff does, but that doesn't mean it's uh, okay, I suppose. Yeah, right. And so they're investigating various, uh, you know, and they are Democratic po- politicians, these DAs and all. So they're investigating the Trump organization. And and I was thinking, okay, now, who is this super common? Is this legit or is this a political hatchet job? And then it clicked in my mind. Oh, that's right. Michael Cohen was testifying in front of the United States Congress in the critical and history-making Stormy Daniels affair, (laughs) in which Donald J. Trump, real estate billionaire, was accused of betting a porn skank who thought the aforementioned billionaire could get her a TV gig and then tried to blackmail the real estate developer when he was going to become president, and all of a sudden, the aforementioned skanks attorney Michael Avenatti became a national hero and practically an anchor of CNN. And so all of this is coming out of that, and I really wish I could use the S word here. Not that you folks want to hear it, but if that wasn't an S show, what was? So this, these prosecutions, which they've announced are no longer civil, they are now criminal prosecutions, all emerged from the Stormy Daniels monkey court. Says who? <clears throat> Unbelievable. It's going to be end up being something minor, like um, a campaign, a, a finance thing. It's going to be like he used campaign money to pay or something that's against the rules, and you'll get a fine, whatever. Well, well, that was the that right. I, you know what? I meant to include that. That's criminal. Oh yeah, but please, please. Ah. I mean, compared to the sins of Obama, I remember we talked about this before. That sort of campaign finance violation is is less than a parking ticket worth of a fine. But these criminal charges could end up being a serious thing, Uh, and I believe it's all designed to keep Trump from running again. Hmm. So on the other end of it, the current president. We mentioned this earlier in the show, but it's worth mentioning again. He has pulled back the sanctions that were going to stop Putin from building his pipeline. Putin's been trying to build a pipeline from Russia to Germany going around Ukraine for years. It is going to make them even richer than they already are. Will make him even richer than he already is. And his cronies, of course. Sure. And, yeah. And, uh, and the people that hang around him, the oligarchs. Um, and also he gets to bypass Ukraine, which is, uh, you know, not exactly on board with uh, the stuff they're up to. And Trump had put sanctions to stop this pipeline from happening. And people on both sides of the aisle at the highest levels, Republicans and Democrats, were hoping that Biden would continue the sanctions. But yesterday, for some reason, this reporting is by Jonathan Swan of Axios, not a guy with, you know, an axe to grind, that Biden lifted the sanctions. And so the pipeline's almost done. It will be done by July. And Russia will be able to pump their fuel into Germany and Europe. And then have the spigot that they can turn off if they ever decide to jump ugly and, you know, invade somebody or whatever. Um, that's one of the reasons that a lot of people on both sides of the aisle are against this sort of thing. But Biden, for whatever reason, has decided to go ahead with it. If Trump was doing the same thing, you'd be hearing nonstop on the television about another example of Trump's in Putin's pocket. What does Putin have on Trump? 
Yeah, well, let's go ahead and run uh, clip number 50. I love this. This is from, you know, back in the day, not too many years ago. I have a 51 on the wall. Is it a Whitaker? Uh, montage, Dems beat up Trump. Mm, whoops, we have a mislead. Do you believe the president right now has been an agent of the Russians? Yes, I, I think there's more evidence than he agent. is. Yes, and I, I think all the arrows point in that direction. And I haven't seen a single piece of evidence that he's not. Not only has he failed to sanction or impose any kind of consequences on Russia for this egregious violation of international law, Donald Trump has continued his embarrassing campaign of deference and debasing himself before Vladimir Putin. His entire presidency has been a gift to Putin. So the State Department, this is the biggest gift the United States has given Putin in a very, very long time, allowing him to finish this pipeline. Yeah. So state the State Department acknowledges the corporate entity in charge of the product project is run by a Putin crony and former East German intelligence officer, Matthias Varnig. How great is that? And the very secretary of state, Antony Blinken made the following statement during his confirmation hearing, quote, I am determined to do whatever we can to prevent that completion of Nord Stream 2. But tool of Putin, Russian agent Joe Biden, Russian collusion. Joe Biden has defied his entire State Department to go soft on Putin. They would be frothing at the mouth on MSNBC right now. So the explanation from Jonathan Swan and Axios is that Biden, uh, his strategy is that we need to be super close with Germany and this is a good thing for us. Fine. I don't think he's an agent of Putin. I didn't think Trump was either. Um, I can't believe nobody paid a price for that either. Swalwell's still in office. Chris Matthews uh, had to leave MSNBC but because of, you know, uh, making eyes at an intern or a makeup girl, not because of this. Saying the president of the United States is clearly an agent of Russia. And you get away with that. That ought to be career ending. You would think so. Anyway, well, whatever. In any sane world. But here's where we are now, and we'll see, the pipeline will be finished here in a couple of months, and we'll see what comes out of it. Well, and as I mentioned before, final note, um, Germany really wants the pipeline to be done. Evidently, they're not that concerned about Russia and, and Russian right. wealth and the rest of it. They and, want it. So Yeah, and to a certain extent, I think, hey, it's your backyard. You're a lot closer to them than me. If you're not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. Um, but the Secretary of State was worried about it. Like up until yesterday. Yep. Um, TV show, a new documentary. Why do I call it a TV show? What does that even mean anymore? I don't know. What does that mean as a term? New documentary coming out. I'm kind of excited about seeing. Among other things we'll tell you about coming up. Armstrong and Getty. I've been listening to people tell me I wasn't going to do anything with my life. Mike is a complicated individual. He looked like he could kill somebody. Mike Tyson was called the baddest man on the planet because he was the baddest man on the planet. If you could talk to the 20-year-old Mike, what would you say to him? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. It's going to really hurt. The Knockout is the name of the documentary. Tuesday night on ABC about Mike Tyson, if it's well done. There's certainly a good story to tell there. Um, The Mike Tyson story still fascinates me. I didn't know until the other day, 
Who was I listening to? It's a guy who's got a book out. I think it's called The Other Half or something like that. Too many books. It's about the, the, the point of the book is about how much we don't know. We make all these assumptions about how much we do know, but there's a lot we don't know about everything. And, uh, and he used the example of Mike Tyson and his brother, who I didn't even know existed, who grew up in the same household. And his brother is uh, some sort of surgeon in L.A. and lives a perfectly normal life. no idea. And they grew up in the same household. And Mike Tyson, you know, you always hear about the horrible environment he was in and the influences in the neighborhood and all these things. And that's why he was such an angry, mean person. His brother grew up in the same situation. Why, why is he completely different? And it gets to the, the point of this guy, the author in the book, is it gets to the how much stuff we don't know about nature and nurture and everything like that. Mm-hmm. He told yeah, a hilarious that's... joke. Can I remember this correctly? A dad sitting with his son, looking at his son's report card. And he opens up the report card, and it's an F in every single class. Oh, boy. And the kid says to his dad, nature or nurture, dad? You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty funny. That is good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My mind is blown. I had no idea Mike Tyson has a brother. What a great example. That was almost so astonishing. I wonder if maybe it's not completely true. The author said it on this podcast. Uh, read an article. It seems it is uh, at least based. In fact, there's a pretty big age gap between the two. I'm, I'm again just trying to learn this. As but I certainly, scan. the genetics are. You know, yeah. well, we, we talk about that all the time. You can't guarantee equal outcomes for your kids because they're all so different. Right. Um, I mean, I've got two kids that couldn't be more different. Um, and uh, yeah, Mike Tyson much different than his brother. Anywho. Still, uh, still would be an interest document, interesting documentary if done well. The poor guy. I'm amazed that he stayed alive through all this. That he never checked out at some point. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know With his what you troubled mean. brain and the troubling influences and the you know the the world of boxing, which is just all about exploiting you. Yeah, that that whole rape case, which was sure. always a little odd. You know, I don't know. I don't. I didn't listen to all the testimony. Just you know, I'm going by what I read, but. Uh, yeah, interesting. Aren't there a lot of people that believe Don King set him up to get sent off? I don't know that. I'm not familiar with that. I don't know about that, but Don King was certainly a net negative influence oh, on oh, his life. No doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of sports, a uh, prominent group of Japanese doctors have strongly requested that the authorities cancel the Olympic Games. They do not have the medical facilities to take play to take care of an explosion in COVID cases, which is still a possibility in Japan. They've called for no Olympics. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's big news. Don't we have Don? King? Isn't that Don King saying Armstrong and Getty? Isn't that yes, Don King? Yes, it is indeed. Yeah. yeah. We've now entered final thoughts with your host Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Don King came into the studio one time with an American flag jean jacket on, wearing waving U.S. flags. What a character. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He's pressing the buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Michael? Uh, yeah, last night I emptied my... Four, well, first, Positive Sean hooked me up with the uh, Coinbase app so I could do you know, cryptocurrency. I emptied the 401k last night, and this morning... <laughs> I, well, the wife's not going to be happy. <laughs> so, I really wish I knew about that 24-hour thing, Sean. 
Oh, producer Positive Sean is next up. Sean? Uh, lost a comedy legend today. Paul Mooney uh, wrote with uh, Richard Pryor back in the day. Uh, younger people may know him from various skits on the Chappelle show. Uh, past. He gave one of my favorite advices for a cure for writer's block. He said, if you are if you have writer's block, go be entertained. Go watch something entertaining and it will cure it. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us? So a growing list of retailers, restaurants, and theme parks across the country allowing fully vaccinated customers to go without masks. Congress, they're still making them wear a mask. Biden wears a mask sometimes, doesn't sometimes. California, you still have to wear masks. So dumb. So dumb. My final thought is I I played a little golf yesterday. Was playing in a beautiful place on a beautiful day with a guy whose company I really enjoy. And I double bogeyed the 18th hole and I was all pissed off. I was in a foul mood. It's a stupid game and I hate it. (laughs) It's a waste of time. How can you be unhappy in those circumstances? Right. Life is short. Right, right. Yeah, but I'm blessed. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour work day. Stupid, where's the ball? It, it, it's twice it in the bush. It's in the bush. Uh, so many people think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You have all the podcasts, the swag, email us, whatever. See you tomorrow. God bless America. My word for today is... Idiots. Damn! You should hear about how everybody talks about me. I'm rubber and you're glue. Bad names bounce off me and stick to you. It's just the way it is. You can look at it half cup full, half cup empty. I want winners. So, let's go out with a bang. We are people in all the form of all perfect union. I'm just going to go hungry. I'm really that long, you say? On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.